Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. God is good. Are you expecting this morning? Amen, amen, amen. I'm just going to read what Pastor said about this year, 2020. We're going to see more in 2020. Do you believe that? Are you telling yourself that? Are you believing that over your life? You're going to see more in 2020. Amen? We're going to see better. We're going to have better understanding in 2020. I tell you, this is a year where God is going to reveal himself. I'm expecting, but you know, you got to keep your expectation up. You have to be looking for it. When you're expecting something, you're looking for it. When you're expecting something, your eyes or your attention is given, you're looking to see where all it's going to come from. Listen, if your eyes are open... And if you're looking, I tell you, God will meet you. Amen. He also said the stubborn things that haven't yielded in your life, they're going to fall. I believe that's true. Do you have any stubborn things in your life that you, that you want to see fall? Amen. Well, they're going to fall this morning. Say they're going to fall in the name of Jesus. You know, these things are not just positive words that we say, but you, you put your, your faith behind it. God responds to our faith. Amen. He responds to the things we believe, and he responds to the things that we declare. The words that come out of your mouth are so important. What you say carries weight. Amen. We're going to see those things fall in the name of Jesus, and he's going to continue to be good this year. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be exactly what it needs to be. Amen. Well, in recent times, pastors have been talking about the subject of faith on Sundays, and um, you know, subject of faith is something that we talk a lot around here, talk about a lot around here. We talk about it on Sunday mornings and uh, Sunday nights. A lot of times it gets ministered, and I've talked about it a lot on Sunday nights, and uh, it's such an important uh, um, uh, part of our life. Uh, you know, it's the thing that the Lord told Brother Hagin. He said, teach my people faith, and so for much of his ministry, uh, he's focused on the subject of faith, teaching faith and the principles of faith. And so, you know, we, we pastor, Pastor Angela, Amy and I, uh, Steve and Rachel, we all attended uh, school out there and, and, uh, and kind of cut our teeth and grew up underneath his ministry, and, and I still to this day read a lot to Brother Hagin. If you're not reading his books, you need to be reading his books. Get a hold of his, he may be, have gone on to heaven, but the material he left us, the, the inspiration that he left us, you can still feed on those things, and and they're practical. I know on uh, Wednesday night, Amy talked about the authority of the believer or the believer's authority. And to, to reading Brother Hagin's book, encourage people to read it. If you've not read it, you need to get it. All of these things will encourage your faith. But Brother Hagin spoke on the subject of faith more than anything else. And it's something that a mandate that was given to him. And it's a mandate that we still carry. It's such an important thing that the subject of faith, that we're well versed in it. You know, it's not just something that we need to be versed in or be knowledgeable of, but we need to understand. Remember the scriptures we read last week in Ephesians chapter 2, a spirit of wisdom. Paul prayed for the church that they'd be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's not just about hearing facts. Listen, if you're approached to the things of God, no matter what the subject is, if it's nothing more than an accumulation of facts and, and figures and, and things that, that a, a, a Christian education, so to speak, if that's your approach to the Word of God and the things of God, you're going to miss out. Now, you'll receive some things because you, you hear the Word of God. Your, things are going to change in your life. But, but there is a spirit of wisdom and revelation that's available to us that's there to cause us to understand not only the, the hows, uh, really every area, the who, what, where, when, and whys of, of, of a subject. And the Holy Spirit wants to come in and help us see these things more clearly. 
And the subject of faith is one that, that we need to continue to, to put a demand upon the Spirit of God, to open our eyes so we can see everything he's got to show us. We've not seen everything about the subject of faith that we need to see. We've not, we've not understood everything about the subject of faith that we need to understand. Aren't you glad there's more? Aren't you glad there's more? There's more even in this area that we can have. And this year's going to be a year we're going to see these things. And I know the pastor has been talking about the subject of faith. And, and um, uh, he had been talking about, you know, one of the messages he gave a few weeks ago. He was talking about the reasons why. He, he actually said there's five faith facts. Who was here for that a few weeks ago? He said five faith facts. In Pastor Anderson's style, he gave six and not five. So that was, it was five faith facts that multiplied into six, right? And so real quickly, I want to look at these before we move on and go to Ephesians, the second chapter, Ephesians chapter two. Just want to look at a couple of these scenes because it's interesting at the end of service, we're going to get to that. He said something and and something went off on the inside of me and and the the Lord started talking to me about uh, something in particular about the subject of faith that, that, uh, that I hadn't really looked at before, really. It's something that I was aware of, but really hadn't really spent much time meditating on. It really wasn't alive. See, that's the difference between knowledge and revelation knowledge. That's the difference between information and revelation information. Something that you know, something you agree with, but it's really not real and alive to you. And so, Pastor made a statement at the end of this message, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you what that was in a minute. And as soon as he did, something went off on the inside of me. But he was talking about the purposes of faith and why it's important that we live by faith. And he said that the first thing is we're saved by faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, the 8th verse, it says, By grace you have been saved through faith. Right? So by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. But notice it's by grace through faith. And so I would agree that faith is pretty important because that's what our salvation, that's how it's received, right? You don't earn it, you believe God for it. You put your trust in him, right? And a person is born again. He said we stand by faith. In Romans, the 11th chapter, I'll, I'll let you turn to some of these and I might read some of the others, but uh, Romans chapter 11, I love the book of Romans. Romans, the 11th chapter and the 19th verse. He was here talking about uh, uh, Israel and uh, their rejection of the gospel and how that even though they had rejected, it wasn't final. There's, aren't you glad there's still hope for them as well, right? But it says here in the 19th verse, you will say then branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Verse 20, well said, because of the unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. He wanted to say, don't be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. And so he was just warning them, listen, you know, Israel rejected, uh, rejected the gospel and rejected uh, Jesus. And because of that, room was made for us. And so we ought to be grateful for that. Uh, but at the same time, we need to be careful. How many know that we need to stay secure in the things we believe? We need to stay secure in these things and not let loose of these things, but continue to lay hold of them, Right. Because if they could be removed, if we're not careful, we could be removed. And it's not by his decision to be by our own decision. So we need to make sure we lay hold of these things. But we stand by faith. We stay where we need to be in faith. You're in Romans 11th chapter. Go to the first chapter, Romans chapter 1. Scripture that we all know if you attend here, you know very well. Awesome scripture. Romans chapter 1, the 17th verse. says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith To faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And you could spend a lot of time on that. What does it mean to live by faith? It's more than just coming to church, right? 
It is what we base our life upon, what determines the course of our life, our actions, our words, what we value, what we don't value. The just shall live by faith, amen? And so we live by faith. And in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, he read this scripture, 1 Timothy the 6th chapter. So why are you preaching pastor stuff again? Because it's good to hear again. And you can go back and listen to the whole thing. He had a lot more to say about it. Uh, but these are some of the points he gave at the very end. First Timothy chapter 6. He said reasons why uh, uh, we live by faith are the importance of faith in our life. First, we save by faith. Second, we stand by faith. Third, we live by faith. But here in the 12th verse of uh, 1 Timothy 6 chapter, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Notice, fight the good fight of faith, and in conjunction with fighting that good fight, you lay hold on eternal life. So it's a, you have to fight the fight to lay hold and to keep hold of eternal life. It is, it is something that you have to be purposeful in and not be haphazard in. So why is faith important? Because we fight by faith. Our faith is a, is a faith fight, and it's a good fight, amen, because we know it's rigged in our favor, but you still got to participate. So we, we fight by faith. Uh, the fifth thing he noticed uh, in 1 John, the, four, the fifth chapter, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. In the fourth verse, he's given different things and reasons why uh, faith is important in our life. In the, fifth, uh, the fourth verse, it says, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Do we have any overcomers in the room tonight, this morning? And he who is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Already done. This is the victory that has overcome the world. You feel free to amen anywhere you want. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So what does it mean? We overcome by faith. Woo, I'm glad that we're saved by faith, but we continue to overcome by faith. Our faith is so important. Anybody like overcoming? Aren't you glad that we don't just get born again and have to just suffer through? I've got my ticket to heaven, I got my fire insurance, but now I just have to suffer through and just, I'm holding on to the end. Now there is a part of holding on to the end, right? Staying true, but we don't have to stay and hold on in desperation. We overcome to the end. Woo! I'll just say this, there's any area in your life that you're not seeing overcoming in, God's got better for you. Jesus paid the price for it. Pastor said it, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, we're gonna see even those areas fall if you want them to fall. <laughs> now, I've said this before, you know, there's a danger becoming satisfied with where you are. I think I said it last week, there's a danger with being okay with what you have. That's a danger, right? I know every Christmas when I buy my kids something, I want them to use what I paid for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever kids, you ever give them something, then like six months later, oh, here it is, I have it, I'm going to kill you, right? No, if I bought it, if we pay, if I spent my time, all those hours searching Amazon, if I did that, you know, the, the 20 seconds it takes now, right? I mean, if I spent, I mean, it was different when you went to Toys R Us. I thank God our kids have gotten older, and thank God Toys R Us closed. No, I'm not glad it closed, but... We would spend hours at Christmas just wandering around the vast halls of the kingdom of Toys R Us, wondering, Lord, deliver us. Please let the rapture happen so I don't have to do this anymore. But um, 
Not when we bought something after doing that. No, you're going to play with it. You better not lose it. You better play with it. You're gonna, you will enjoy that toy. Well, you know, Jesus paid a great price for us. You know, we joke, but that is really something that you, when you make a sacrifice for somebody, when you really do something that's a sacrifice, you, you want them to, A, you want them to acknowledge it. Well, he's God. He's not like that. Let me tell you something. He wants us to acknowledge it. Because if you don't, you're not going to get it. Is that good English? I don't know, but it's true. If you don't, if you don't acknowledge it, you're not going to receive it. You're not going to enjoy it. He wants you to acknowledge it, but then he wants you to put it into practice. I'm immediately reminded of the scripture in, in, in James about being a doer of those things. What is he saying? You better use it. What's he telling us? Use it. Don't just hear it. Don't just even be aware of it, but put these things into practice in your life. Thank God for these things that he's provided. We overcome by our faith. I'm an overcomer. Are you an overcomer? I'm an overcomer because what Jesus has done for me. You're an overcomer because what Jesus has done for you. Get on board with what Christ has done for you. We overcome by our faith. Amen. And then the sixth one, the bonus one of the five reasons why we, uh, faith is important. The sixth and bonus one is over in Hebrews chapter 11. I tell you, this ought, to be, this ought to be the heart of every single person. This ought to be our, if you're a believer, if you've made the decision to give your life to Jesus, really, if, if you belong to him, this ought to be your heart. This ought to be something that guides you in all affairs of life is this scripture right here. This is one that, that I go back to personally a lot and I read because it, it's, it's, it's such an important thing because I love God, because I know he's loved me so much. I wanna make sure that I'm doing what this scripture says right here. In Hebrews chapter 11, the sixth verse, it says, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Goodness goes on to say, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's not a rewarder of those who casually seek him, but those who diligently seek him. And we diligently seek God, not because he's hard to find, because we got to get through ourselves. We have to get past our own opinions, our own ideas, our own flesh, right? This thing right here, we got to get past it. You get past you, you'll find him, right? But it says without faith, is it, it's impossible to please God. And I always read this over myself, but with faith, it is possible to please God. See, it tells why is faith important? Because this is how we please God. Above everything else, we please him. Even if the, even, even if the overcoming wasn't an issue, if I can please God by my faith, it's worth it. Right? If, if none of the other areas even applied, if my ability to please God was through my faith, it's worth developing in our faith. It's worth giving attention to it. See, it said, he had said these things and taught, and taught, and taught the message and... and um, and then he finished up, and, and uh, we all stood to pray. And, and he made this comment. He said, um, he said, I'm so glad things don't just fall in our lap. He said, he said, I'm so glad things don't just fall in our lap. He said, we get to live by faith. He said, I'm so glad the things we need, the things that, that are necessary, the, the things in life, the affairs of life. He said, I'm so glad that they don't just fall in our lap, but we get to live by faith. And when he said that, just something went off on the inside of me, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of me said, most believers don't agree with that. Most believers don't agree. I know nobody here, but no, I'm sure nobody here this morning, when he said that, thought, well, Pastor, you crazy. I don't know what you're talking about, but I wish everything just fell on my lap. 
There's a reason why things don't just fall in our lap. The things of God don't just happen automatically. That we, we, it's, an oper- it's not preacher speak. It's not just church speak. But we get to live by faith. It's not just something, like I said, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it would be to our detriment that things just fell in our lap. Now, there are certain things by the grace of God we experience just because God is good. But if you're going to continue to grow and mature and take your place in the body of Christ and experience all that God has provided for you, it's not just going to happen. Brother Hagin, you say it's not going to fall in your lap like a ripe cherry off of a tree. It's not, I've not been around a cherry tree, so I don't know how they fall, but apparently they must, must just fall in your lap. I don't know. But he said it's not going to happen that way where suddenly you're born again, you've accepted Jesus, and now everything is just suddenly yours. Now, from a positional uh, standpoint, everything that Christ has done for us is ours. Right? From a positional standpoint, we are victorious in every area. Jesus has fought the enemy. Satan is defeated. He, the Bible says he made a spectacle of him, triumphing over him in it. I mean, he put the devil on the run and he put him on show, right? And so all of those things belong to us. That carries every area of life positionally is ours. Right? And so if you've accepted Jesus, you are the loved of the Lord. You are loved by him. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you have a relationship with him. If you've accepted Jesus, that now you, because of that, you have, uh, you have fellowship with him. Right? Positionally, you have fellowship with him. What does it mean? Your sins no longer keep you separated. They've been dealt with, and so you've got access to God. Thank God we have access to him, right? That the old life is gone, a new life has begun, and we have access to come boldly before the throne of grace. Right? Healing, health belongs to you. Right? Healing is yours because what Jesus has done. As far as, as, far as uh, God is concerned, you are healed, right? By his stripes, we were, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, we were healed, right? That, that means it's been done. It has been taken care of. So positionally, there's not a sick person in this room. Positionally, there's not, there's not a single sick person in this room. You got to know it. Positionally, it belongs to us. Positionally, it's ours. There's not a weak one amongst us. Weakness is, is, is a, an effect or a side effect of, of decay and, and, and not necessarily disease, but a fallen nature. We've been delivered from that. Positionally, it belongs to us, right? Prosperity belongs to you. Y'all shouldn't talk about that in church. Well, yes, we should. Jesus paid for it. He was hung on a tree so that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, right? It might come upon us. We might become partakers of that as well. So Jesus paid the price for that. And so as far as God is concerned, you're not broke. As far as God's concerned, you're not struggling. As far as God's concerned, you don't, there's not a need. You don't have more than enough. As far as God's concerned, he, he became poor so that you might become He became poor so that you would become. We said that word in church and and Jesus didn't leave. He's still here. He he became poor. He took our place so that we could take his place. Positionally, it belongs to him. Positionally, it's ours. How about peace of mind? It belongs to us, right? 
There's this growing thing in America, this thing about anxiety. Listen, that's from the devil. Don't accept it. Don't accept it because people talking about it doesn't mean I'm not taking it. It's not mine, right? Because I'm not anxious. He's a, he's a God of peace. He's a God of, uh, uh, of comfort, right? He's, get, he's not giving me an anxious mind or a fearful mind. He's giving me a sound mind. Woo, thank God for a sound mind. Even if other people being crazy, my mind is sound. It belongs to us. He sees us as sound people. Well, they belong to us positionally, but experientially, there's still some work that's got to be done. There's still some things that have got to be done. And so it's necessary in life that, that we pursue those things. So it's to our benefit that we do this. Don't get tired of hearing this stuff. Don't get tired of hearing this stuff. Don't get tired of hearing this stuff. Don't just come in and be like, oh, it's another message. Please don't come and say, pastor's not here. It's, it's another not as good message. I'll take it in the name of Jesus. Somebody pay the lady. All right, no, I'm just kidding. There's more. There's more that he wants us to experience. I got to get on with it. But So when he pastor said that, he said, it, it said I'm so glad things don't just fall in our lap, that we, we get to live by faith. And I thought, I thought, well, Lord, when he said that, and the Lord told me most, most believers don't agree with that statement. Most believers would rather have it just happen for them. It is an opportunity for us to learn to live by faith. Why do we, why do we live by faith? Well, God make it, made us like himself. Go over to Genesis, the, uh, the, the, the second chapter, Genesis chapter 2. Now, this, is, this kind of falls in line with something that the Lord has been personally, uh, you know, there are certain things the Lord just talks to you about on a regular basis. And this is one of the things that the Lord has been talking to me about a lot and continues to bring me to, and this has become this general idea, has begun something that uh, has become a, a, a course-setting a focus providing, however you want to use it. It's been something that's become a, uh, in my own personal life, has become something that's an anchor or a, 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 uh, a guide wire or, 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 or a road sign or something. It's been something that for me has become a, uh, a, a, a point at which or a truth. And it's something that God has opened my eyes to see. And he's still working on me, still showing me things. It's something has become a motivational and an instructional and a directional uh, uh, aspect of my life. And, and like I said, when the, when the Lord, you know, brought this back to my attention about this, and so once you talk about it, I said, Lord, I'll tell you this stuff. seems like I mention this all the time. It's such an important thing. But before we get any further, why, why does God want us to live? Why is it necessary? Pastor gave reasons, but I want to give a couple, a couple other examples. In Genesis chapter 1, in the, I said 2, but in Genesis chapter 1, in the 26th verse, God, says, let us, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, what likeness was he talking about? Was he talking about the angels and all the other spiritual creatures? On one sense, we're spiritual beings. Like other spiritual beings, we are spiritual beings. Aren't you glad we're not like a dog or an animal? We are spirit beings, right? But he was specifically, if you read that in the 26th verse, he said, let us, God said, let us 
make man in our image. It's important when you study your Bible to look how, how things are, wording is used and even how capitalization is used. He said, let us, us means more than one, but it's a capital U, right? That's talking to about divinity. Let us, God, the three in one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us, the three of us, make man in our image. And that's a capital O, our image, right? So let us, the three of us, because there's only three individuals that get this capitalized for them. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If I say, if somebody's referring to, Steve has said something about PG, and he said, well, he, did, he was going over here and he said this. He, PG doesn't have to, when he's writing it, doesn't need to write, please don't. Unless it starts a sentence, that's good grammar. But, but if, it, if the he's in the middle of the sentence, don't refer to me as capital H. I'm just a little H. I'm, I'm a he. You're a little H. You're a little Y for you, right? But when we're talking about God, it's a capital because it's showing reverence and showing honor to God. And it's helping us see who it's referring to. They said, let us, the three of us, make man in our, the three of our image. So man was made in God's image, means we're spirit beings, but also we're in the same class as him. I'm not saying we're God, but we're made in the same class. That's something that the angels cannot say. They're spirit beings, but they're not in the same arena uh, that are on that level that we are. I mean, they're like, who is man that you're mindful of him? They're, they're, they don't understand these things because it's not been revealed to them, but it's been revealed to us. And there's more that God wants to show us, but we live by faith because we're made in his image and God is a faith God. God is a faith God. If we're made in their image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if you and I are made like him, do you think we've got some growing to do? Yeah, we've got some growing to do, but bless God, the human race will rise to the occasion, right? That didn't excite nobody but me. It's gonna happen, we're getting there. But really, this goes back to even what I'm talking about. But God made us, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit made us like him. And one of the most uh, foundational things about who he is, is God is a faith God. God is a God of faith. He operates by faith. Talking in, um, um, let me find which verse I want to go to. Romans chapter four, go to Romans the fourth chapter. I want you to see this. Y'all doing all right this morning? Praise God, I so love God's word. Romans chapter four. Talking about Abraham. And we won't read it all, you can go back and read it later, but for time's sake, we won't read it all. Verse 16 says, by faith, of faith, that is, might be accordance to grace. According to the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. Verse 17. Notice that it says, uh, we'll just read verse 17. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. Notice, speaking of Abraham, that God made him the father of many nations in the presence of him, capital H, talking about God, whom he, little h, Abraham, believe, Believed. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him, God, whom you, Abraham, believed. 
God, notice, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. It gives us an insight into who God is. Now, this is specifically, you could say, well, this is talking about God calling, saying that Abraham would be the father of a multitude, the father of many, right? When they had no children, that he was saying something, calling something that does not exist. They're, they're, they are not parents. He's saying that you'll be a father of many, right? And, and you could say, well, this is referring to this specific situation that God called Abraham and said that his seed, would, he would have a seed and it would bless the world. And even though it didn't exist, but this goes more than just this individual instance. This is how God operates. Said God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. What is the calling of something that doesn't exist as though it did? It's the release of faith. Now we don't have time to get into everything this morning, but, but if you've been coming, you realize that faith not released will die, right? Anything that you believe, if you don't release it, if you don't act on it, that's why it's important that we, in James, that we're doers of the things we hear, that we act on those things, right? So you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't do something, then you won't receive it. But it says here that he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's a release of faith. We know in scripture that, that God spoke the world into existence. If you read back in Genesis, how did he create? Did he form a committee? Did they have a construction team that got together, a, a heavenly construction team, and, and do all of this stuff and start and working on things and hiring contracts? No, he spoke it into existence. So he took something that didn't exist and he spoke it into That's faith. He sent Jesus here. I mean, everything God does is done by faith. Everything he does and accomplishes is done on the area of, uh, on, on the realm of faith, in the, the avenue of faith, which is really awesome. And what an honor it is to get to live by, by faith because God can create no, something out of nothing. He's not limited by resources or what's on hand. He can create something just with a spoken word. But what gives that spoken word the substance and the power to do the creating? It's faith. We get to do the same thing. Woo! That is awesome, right? He lives by faith. God lives by faith. He sent Jesus here by faith. If you read in Luke, the fourth chapter, it talks about, it gives us the account of when, after Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan and, and the Spirit of God descended upon him, and he, the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit uh, led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, by the enemy. And people a lot of times read that and they think, well, that's just something he had to do, but there was no danger there. Listen, God, had, God is a faith God. He sent Jesus here and Jesus agreed to come here and do what he did. He had to do it by faith. There was no guarantee it was going to work out the way that it did. Now, now some people might, their head might spin a little bit. No, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If we believe God's word... Jesus, it's the temptation of Jesus. Jesus was tempted. If there's not an opportunity to do what was being offered, it ain't a temptation. I've never been tempted to take a trip to the moon. I've never, I've never been tempted. You know what, honey, I'm, whew, I'm really tempted. I'm, I think I might go to the moon. I've never been tempted in the air because I've never been given that opportunity. Right? And for the record... If they ever comes available, if Jesus tarries in my lifetime, I'm going, y'all. Ooh, I'm booking my ticket. Amy's like, no, yeah, we're going. You're going with me. <laughs> but I've not, I've not been tempted to do it because I've not had that opportunity. It's never come my way. 
if Jesus was tempted, there had to be the possibility for him to say, okay. I mean, the devil in the, in the temptation said, here's the nations of all the earth. If you'll bow down to me and worship me, I'll give them. They've been given to me. If you'll worship me, I'll give them all to you. People say, oh, pff, that's not, he can't do that. No, he could have done it. And Jesus, he could have been tempted to take the shortcut. Have we ever been tempted to take a shortcut? You ever been, Steve said no, and you lied in church, right? We've all been tempted to take shortcuts in our life, right? He's so, bless his holy name. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Steve. All right, we'll pray for you later. Now, we've, we've see, he, it was a temptation. It means the, 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 it was a real possibility. You could say it was a very real possibility. And he say, well, God knows the beginning from the end. Yes, he does. He does know the beginning from the end. But at the same point, the beginning to the end, when it comes to us, it's still our decision what happens and the decisions we make still entirely falls upon us. He knows what decision we're going to make, but that doesn't mean we didn't make it. The reality is he knows every person who, 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 who will have ever received Jesus. He knows what this looks like 10,000 years from now. He knows what it looks like. He knows. In fact, he know, not only does he knows, he's there. It's one of the things that's hard to understand about God, right? He's already there at that moment. Yet it's still our decision. And so it was Jesus' Jesus's decision what he was going to do. It was up to him. So that, that's, that's a bold faith move. Has the Lord ever, has there been on your heart to do something maybe financially for somebody that was a stretch and you don't know necessarily how it's going to turn out? As far as naturally speaking, you don't know how it's going to turn out? What is that? that? That's living by faith. That's the reason why some people won't tithe because, well, they think, well, you know, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Trust God, right? What's the difference between the doers and the not doers if you really believe? But God believed something. Jesus believed he allowed himself to go through everything they believed, they had no guarantee, they believed that you and I would respond. Think about that. Not only would Jesus be able to, 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 to resist temptation and live a sinless life, which for us, any of us in this room, that's impossible to even consider. Jesus lived without sin. 33 years, never made a mistake, never copped an attitude, never, never, never got out of, got been out of shape with somebody, never. He lived a sinless life. Never stole a Snickers bar. Never did anything. He lived sinless, right? But beyond that, they had, they sent, they, Father sent the Son, the Son agreed, the Holy Spirit came alongside, decided to come here to join and to help because they believed that you and I would respond. It's possible that none of us could have, it's possible that the human race could have said, Pfft. it's possible. If anybody, has anybody ever done that? I'm like, nah, that's not for me. It makes it possible for all of us to do that. My point is God is a God of faith. He's a faith God. It is 1150. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Try to get us out on time. Just trying to see what, what I want to do. Praise God.
I'm going to stop with that. We'll pick it up tonight. We're still getting aware of what the Lord dealt with me about. We might actually, that's a miracle. We might actually get out a little bit early. I just know my dad and I are are, are similar in many areas and uh, more than just our ravishingly good looks. How many times the pastor said, well, I've got just, I'll just say a little bit more and then like two days later, like two days later, you know, or <laughs> SpongeBob reference. I mean, we're still waiting. Okay, Lord, it's been good, but I'm devouring my own stomach at this point. But anyway, so I don't know that I, I don't want to keep going, but I tell you, the life of faith is exciting. The life of faith is exciting. If you come back tonight, we'll, we'll get more, we'll, we'll finish this up, but it's not, it's, not, it's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. It's not something that we're, we're tasked, oh, this life of faith. Oh, we get to live by faith. And I'm making jokes about things, but, but too often we approach it this way. It's a, it's a drag, and it's, it's, a, it's a downer, and it's so hard. Listen, I'll say this. First and foremost, ain't none of us encountered a single thing to the level that Jesus encountered. Jesus encountered those things by faith. Yeah, but he was the son of God. But if we read in Philippians, if you know your Bible, if we believe our Bible, no matter how difficult of a thing that it, that it would be on our flesh to release, that's really, that's what it is. That's really what it is. It's releasing our own control, giving up our own opinion, releasing our control of something. And what is faith? It's trust and action, Right? Any area of our life where we don't want to do that, that's really what it comes down to is releasing control and putting your trust, your faith in somebody else. Faith meaning, and if it's, if it's, if you, you so I can't see it, that's the whole point of faith. That's what faith is. It, 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 it's the unseen. But people, people are, are resistant to do this and, and maybe in one area they're, they're good with it. But in other areas, they're, they're slow to respond and it's difficult because it's just too difficult. Listen, if Jesus did what he did, none of us have faced the decisions and the temptations, the, the, the crossroads of do I believe what the Father said or do I not believe? Do you think for a moment, talking about the temptation when the devil tempted Jesus, this went on for 40 days, that's a long time. That's not 40 days at Club Med. That was 40 days. It wasn't at a spa by the Red Sea. This was 40 days in the wilderness. There's no provision in the wilderness. There's no comfort in the wilderness. And not only was there no comfort or provision in the wilderness, the devil was there. Now, we're not to be afraid of the devil, but I don't want to go hang out with him. I don't want to spend my vacation with him. I don't want to spend over a month with him. Come on. Sometimes we think, oh, that's just what. No, think about what he did. This, this wasn't just some allegory. This is what happened. 40 days. Now, at this point, Jesus was 30 years old. Remember, as a 12-year-old, he knew who his father was, right? At the age of 12, he knew who his daddy was. And he said, he said when, they, when they asked him, where, where were you? We left Jerusalem, and you weren't with us. And they, they kind of got on to him. And he said, well, he said, don't you know I'd be about my father?" business. Not only did he know who he was, he knew his father had business for him to do. Think about that. 12 years old. Talking about, talking about 
pressure. Right? And then he finally gets to the place, by the time 30 years old came around, he was well aware of what he faced. He was well aware. He might, he might I, don't know, I don't know this for certain, but I would tend to think he even knew how much time he had left. He, he, knew, he knew what was ahead of him. Yeah, but he's God. He was a man just like us. Do you think the idea of what he would have to go through not just three years from then, but in the three years leading up to that, all of the nonsense he went through, all of the, the things that happened, and then culminating in what it did where he was in the garden. Lord, if this can go pass by me at any point. He was just as aware of what was coming at the garden moment when he sweated as if drops of blood as he was on this day being tempted by the devil. Do you think it would have been easy for him to say, you know what, if I do it this way, I can get all of this right now. I don't have to do what, what God told me. I don't have to do what the Father said. I don't have to live the next three years by faith. That's really what that was. I don't have to do it based upon what I can't see. I can do it right now. Listen, if he did that, we can do this. If he did that, we can do this. He did it as a man. He laid aside his, Philippians said he laid aside his heavenly privileges. He did all of it as a man. Yes, he had the full measure of the Spirit of God upon him, and that's awesome, but we've got the same Holy Ghost living on the inside of us, and none of us are carrying the sins of the world on our back. We're just simply telling our flesh no and where we're gonna, who we're going to trust in and what we're going to do. If he can do it, we can do it. Pastor said we get to live by faith. Church members, you get to live by faith. You get to live by faith. You get to approach your body by faith. You get to approach your finances by your faith. You get to approach your, your family and your marriages by faith. You get to live by faith. Whew. That is awesome. So that is awesome. That is awesome. We'll talk more about it tonight. Let's all stand. Father, we are so grateful for this opportunity tonight, or this morning rather, to, to have been able to come together and fellowship with you. We are so thankful. Lord, you never disappoint. Father, you never disappoint us when we come together with open hearts and hungry hearts. Father, you are so good to us. I am grateful. I am so thankful for your faithfulness. I'm so thankful for all that you've done in Christ for us, all that you've made available. There's too much to even, be, to even say thank you for. I'm just in awe of you. Thank you for this life. Thank you for this walk of faith that you've given us. Given us the opportunity to venture out into and to learn of. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll say for my own self, Lord, and, and those who can agree can add into this. I, Lord, forgive me for times where I shied away from this. Forgive me, Father, for times where I thought, man, this is too tough. This just isn't worth it. I don't want to do that. Lord, it's a privilege to live like you. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I turn my back on those, that old way of thinking. This year, I determined to see better, even more clearly, what an awesome opportunity is to live by faith. And the opportunities all around me to see you and your will be done in my life and around me. Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. 
Father, we thank you for your presence here with us today. Father, we thank you for the things that were said. We're thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Anything that needs to be said beyond this, Lord, we put a demand upon him today. We thank you for it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, nobody's looking around. If you're here this morning and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. I always like to say make Jesus the Lord of your life, not just if you've not been born again, but make Jesus the Lord of your life because it's not just about praying a prayer and getting a ticket to heaven. It's about committing your life to Christ. We accept him as our savior, but also as our Lord. That's what it means to be a believer. It's got a tremendous number of promises attached to it. We talked about many of those things today. First and foremost, it's a relationship with him. We'll know that heaven is our home. And the cool thing is it doesn't really matter what we've done or who we've been up to this point. If you've not made this decision, God can take all of that, clean it up, and make you entirely brand new. It's an awesome thing. But it is a decision that each person has to make for themselves to put their trust, their faith in what Jesus has done for them personally. Not for grandma, for somebody else, but for them personally. The truth is he came, he died, he shed his blood, he died for you. God raised him from the dead. He paid the price for the sins of all mankind, including yours. If you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus. Today is your day. I want you to boldly raise your hand if that describes you. Nobody's looking around right now. This is between you and God. This is a decision that every person must make for themselves. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do this today, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit dealing with hearts. If there is anyone here who doesn't know you, if that describes you, describes you, raise your hand. We'll pray with you. You might be here this morning and you say, Pastor Gary, I've done that, but I've not been living for God. And maybe you've made a lot of big mistakes or, or maybe just some small ones, but it, it's, it, it's, it's caused a separation and fellowship between you and him. You say, Pastor Greg, I, you know, we're in the presence of God today, and I realize this is what I want. This is who I've been called to be, and I want to get things right with God today. Nobody's looking around. If that describes you, I'm not saying you're an awful person, just saying you missed it, and you want things to be made right today. If that describes you, raise your hand. We'll pray with you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? If that describes you, raise your hand. We'll pray with you. I'm going to do like I did last week. We're all going to pray together. I'm just going to say this from our own heart. Pray to God. He'll hear us and meet us right where we are. Say, Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he is your only begotten son. I believe you sent him to this earth. He shed his blood. He died for me. I believe you raised him from the dead. I boldly confess Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I give my life to you. I lay my life at your feet. Have your will in every area of my life. Jesus, I belong to you. So, Father, I remind you, you said in your word, in 1 John 1, 9, 
that if I'd confess my sin, no matter what it is, that you are faithful and just to forgive me from all unrighteousness, to make me completely clean. And so this morning, I ask you to forgive me. I confess my shortcomings. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. And according to your word, I thank you that it's done right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's just lift our hands for a minute. Father, we are so grateful for your grace. We're so grateful for your mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, so grateful, Father, for your compassion. So very thankful. Hallelujah. We are grateful today. Thank you, Lord, for restoring that one to fellowship with you and anybody else who prayed that from their heart. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful in the mighty name of Jesus. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.